Welcome to The Brew, a podcast series which deep dives into trending topics about business and culture. Now sit back and join in on the conversation over a cup of freshly brewed coffee. Welcome to The Brew. I'm your host, Valtteri Salamaki, and today I'm joined by the managing partners of FreeLogic. We have Nick Hill as well as Luis. Uh, but to get started, um, I think we can provide a little announcement as to um, Luis's return back into the show. So Luis, take it away for the next uh, couple minutes. I'm not going to let you go on a ridiculous tangent, but what's been going on the last couple of weeks? Uh, yeah, I had COVID. <laughs> uh, short and sweet there. Um, I, um, I had a super spreader event at my house uh, on November the 6th. Um, as I further inch, yeah. As as uh, as everybody kind of <laughs> inches away here, um, no, I uh, I yeah, I had some, I had some friends over. Uh, we ke- we always keep it under ten, but uh, I I had some friends over, and um, yeah, I got the COVID. Uh, didn't know that. So if you if you watched the uh, episode with Dr. Kyle Ingram, um, I at that point was already had been exposed. Uh, came here not knowing that I had been exposed. Uh, thankfully, everybody here, the obviously Val Nikhil, uh, Nick, Andrew, everybody, no, no one got sick. Um, I think, uh, thankfully, because it was so early on, like I had gotten it at like I got exposed like 8 p.m. the night before. Um, I, I, your parents are, are they still angry at me? Yeah. Are they? Are they really? No. Okay. Okay. <laughs> but they um, they were they were like, why are you going? Why are you doing this podcast? I'm like, don't worry, we're social distance. Okay. okay. Yeah, we're we're social distance now. We're a lot further away than than we've ever been. I think. Um, yes. So I, I want to start off, I think because like a, a lot's going on, obviously, like I was, um, uh, I, I'm trying to put in words very quick, like think about very quickly what I want to say. I mean, obviously it's getting worse by the day. Um, I think we passed 200,000 in 218 yeah. Yeah. in, in one day, in a day, um, we've surpassed what 2,500 deaths in a day. At this point, it was like 30 seconds every American diet or something like that. So ridiculous, ridiculous. Um, yeah, as someone who went through it with very mild symptoms, and I will say this, it's, I, I, I was not hospitalized. I didn't have, I didn't have to do anything uh, too drastic besides obviously social distancing myself from my wife um, and my fur children. Um, uh, but it was still awful. And that's the thing. It's like um, I got really lucky and I got really fortunate that I didn't have to go to the ER. I didn't have to go to urgent care. I didn't have to go into an ICU um, uh, because I had mild, mild symptoms. But even with mild symptoms, it was awful. Um, it was hard to breathe, um, congestion, pain in your chest. It, not a good time. Um, I, I think that's really I think that's really all I want. I, there's not much more I can say. Just wear a mask, social distance, wash your hands. Um, I, I was positive, uh, in my home, um, with my wife and just to put in perspective what just proper hygiene and mask wearing will do obviously, and being smart about, about where you are and and how you interact. Um, she never got it once. She, she got tested multiple times throughout the entire time that I was positive. Uh, every test came back negative. Uh, thankfully for us, because she's really susceptible to pneumonia. Anytime she gets the flu or gets a cold, um, she usually gets pneumonia. So I'm really, uh, I, I was like terrified for a good while there. Um, but uh, it's all in the clear now. 
I think that's really it. <laughs> Wear a mask. Like I said, I can say a lot more, but I, what I want to say is not so, not so PG, I don't think. Um, so I will leave it with uh, wear a mask. Don't be selfish. Uh, wash your hands and uh, don't don't go to large groups. What's going on? You know, what's what, I don't think that's that hard, right? Don't go into big gatherings. Um, California Adventure, for whatever reason, opened up uh, a little bit. One of the restaurants that's like connected to downtown Disney slash California Adventure um, opened up and just like a swarm of like uh, adult children who are like their, their identity is Disneyland showed up. Um, obviously, they had masks on. They had to have, have masks on. Um, but even then, you know, why, 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 why take that risk? Right? Why take that risk? Um, and, and I think it's something that, um, right now what's happening, it's unfortunate is at the beginning of this thing, it was brand new. It was really scary and people took it seriously. Um, but then the spread slowed down because it was summertime. It was getting hotter. It's a little bit more difficult for the disease to spread. Um, and people were like, oh, this is no one that I know was getting sick. So what's the point of it? What's the point of social distancing? Let's go out and let's go do things. Let's be active again. Um, restaurants started opening up. So then that, again, removes the seriousness, the magnitude of it. Um, and then what happens is everything that the scientists and uh, pathologists and epidemiologists were saying was going to happen started happening. It got cold. Winter came and cases are spiking up the wazoo. Um, it's very serious. Um I feel really sad for the um, millions, I'm assuming, of people who uh, are without a loved one this uh, Christmas. Uh, heart, heart, like, it goes, goes out to you because it's it's terrifying and I feel really bad for those people. Um, wear a mask. Don't be selfish. Yep. And I, I would just kind of bring up the reason why we wanted to start the show with that way is we've been taking this very seriously from the start. We've all been social distancing, been very, very cautious. Uh, even in your case, it was very close friends that you were hanging out with. Uh, yeah. And that was pretty much one of the only occasions that it's really happened. Um, even then it can still spread. So um, we've all, I've been in my own bubble. I've only been showing up to the studio, pretty much back in my place. I know Nick Hill has been the same and, and we've all been taking this very, very seriously. So um, as of right now, um, as, as the CDC, as everybody else is saying, now it's time to really hunker down. Um, we'll be talking about obviously business trends and everything like that. I understand there's another side to this equation. There's the economics to it. Um, mm -hmm. And that's definitely completely fair. And those are conversations should be happening. Um, but as for the seriousness of this, um, we've had one person on our team have it and he can vouch for it not being fun. Everybody has, <laughs> everybody has different um, symptoms to it. Uh, everybody has a different response to it. Wear a mask, take this seriously, um, as, especially as we head into probably some of the darkest times in, in our modern history for medical. So. Oh, oh, yeah, man. I, I had to take a detox from social media. Um, well, like when I was at like the peak worst, when it was like um, the only uh, I, I, I truly do think that one of the only things that kept me going was I would uh, me. So th three of us got it. Uh, three of my like three of my closest two of my closest friends, including myself. Um, um, one of them. Um, we would get on, we would like constantly were texting each other and it was really, it, it's cool in a, it, but not cool. Like we had the exact same symptoms. Like it, besides I, the only thing that I had that he didn't have was loss of smell. Um, but we literally every day we would text each other every morning. We'd wake up and say, Hey, how are you feeling? How are you doing? And then we would hop on discord and we would literally stay on discord from the moment we woke up until we went to bed. Um, as the days progressed, it got later and later. By the end of it, I was going to bed at like five in the morning because we were just watching movies the whole time. Um, but I, I think that having somebody there 
definitely helped me. Um, so to that end, if you are going through it, if you're isolating right now, um, find somebody who you can reach out to, who's okay to reach out to you. Um, and you know, just have somebody that, that is there for you and, and vice versa, because it's, it's, I think it's important. I think it's really important to have somebody there with you kind of maybe not necessarily holding your hand, but you know, walking alongside you, uh, during this. And I mean, you, you too as well, you know, I would get calls from you too, seeing how I'm doing texts and messages. Um, and you know, it's, it's that little bit of like encouragement. I think that really, really pushes through and, and gets you through the sickness because man, for a week there, I was, I, I told you this, Nikhil, when we, were, we had a phone call, but I was like, I, I legitimately thought I was going to die. Like, I was like, this is it. Um, very scary. Um, uh, very grim. Uh, but yes. Yep. So definitely we're going to go on a lighter note, but we wanted to definitely start with that. And that is also one reason why going forward into 2021, as these cases are going through the roof, we are going to do a lot more virtual. We're not going to have guests uh, live here um, to protect, um, obviously, the guests as well as our team um, going forward. But going into today's topic, um, changing topics a little bit here. Um, yes, please, gonna be please do. <laughs> I, hate, I hate reliving the freaking PTSD that I have from this thing. Yeah. So we're going to go into uh, major business and tech trends that are happening right now and why you should care. And, and the reason why we're talking about today, we're going to talk about some relevant things that are just happening in the news, but they're going to completely change some industries as we head into 2021 and all the way into 2025, 27, all the way actually 2030. So we want you to pay attention to these. Um, and the very first thing we're just going to start right off the bat is a crazy acquisition that happened. Um, this is very, very big news in tech. Anybody who works in pretty much any enterprise, any small business, all the way to large scale, um, Salesforce acquired Slack. Mm -hmm. And that is huge because you have to understand that when an acquisition happens, it, it, you're trying to look for some complementary technology to what you're doing. Salesforce dominates when it comes to um, your CRM systems and how you're working with clientele. But what Slack dominates with is your inter-teams, like how you actually communicate internally within your company, your internal operations. That acquisition, as the CEO said, was like the match made in heaven or what, it, what was the exact words that um, the CEO, Mark Benef said. But I mean, I'm interested to kind of hear your guys' takes on it first, and then we'll kind of dive into why this is a big deal and why you should pay attention to this acquisition as for kind of uh, digitization of like internal processes of a company. Yeah, I'm thinking about competition as well as, you know, some use cases. So competition wise, I think Microsoft was getting in the way or not getting in the way. Well, yeah, Microsoft was becoming a big threat to Slack, especially in the last few months and stuff. Um, so this acquisition kind of brings Slack more leverage if for one thing, as well as against Zoom. Um, now, when it comes to use cases and stuff, I'm trying to link back to um, the times I was involved with using Salesforce, you know, in like the case of like healthcare and stuff, if like the client company was making a dashboard for um, healthcare sales agents to, you know, onboard um, healthcare clients, like, you know, get them onto a new plan and stuff. I'm just thinking that like this Slack integration will make that dashboard even more effective because they have like live chat built in. Um, and they, they don't need to worry about using multiple platforms and switching between them, and um, which is an inefficient process in itself. Um, so yeah, end of the day, this makes Salesforce even more powerful than it already is. Um, when it comes to who won this acquisition, I, I think 
Slack probably got the better end of it. Um, but yeah, what are your thoughts? Um, I think, uh, and I said this in our chat when, when this kind of dropped, but it was like, it, to me at least, I, I under, uh, Microsoft Teams and Microsoft work suite and everything like that. I, I truly do think that they are relying so much on the brand name of Microsoft mm-hmm. um, that this should kind of wake them up a little bit, like this acquisition here. Um, because if done correctly, if and I, I think they will, uh, Salesforce isn't by any means this like rest on your laurels kind of company that they're always kind of pushing ahead and and doing something to innovate. Um, uh, I I do think that this is like big time because you think about it in just look at Slack in general. It it wasn't obviously this massive company, right? At the end of the day, the Slack, I'm sure the Slack team was probably under 200 people. Um, So having now the capital backing of Salesforce, this is going to open up a lot more possibilities for them that they maybe didn't have the runway to do. Um, so ideas that they wanted to try out, like maybe they wanted to do, um, uh, maybe they wanted to do free virtual like group uh, video calls. Yeah, that, that, I think that's actually the one of the most important ones. It's yeah. like the internal communication, how that like, dis- think of disruptions like Zoom and like all these other exactly. media platforms. If you can do it internally, why do you even need anything else? Exactly, mm-hmm. and I mean, it's one of those things where like we've, we've tried, like obviously one-on-one because we don't have a paid uh, plan for Slack, but we have done like phone calls and video calls through Slack and it's fine. You know, the quality isn't bad, uh, it's good, but I'm assuming that the reason why they only opted to do that for, um, to do the group video calls through the paid plans was probably because of server space. Yeah, of course. Um, Well, now they have the backing of Salesforce behind them. So uh, I could see a situation where if this sort of remote, uh, kind of vagabond-esque lifestyle of, of working continues and, and actually becomes a, a continuous thing, um, Slack is probably going to start integrating group chats even on uh, a free plan, maybe a la a Zoom where you only get like 45 minutes or 30 minutes or something like that. But I can see them uh, integrating it for free uh, in some way, shape, or form. Um, that to me, a, lo- a lot of things and a lot of ways that this could go pretty sour um, for teams, just because with my, the Microsoft Work Suite, the biggest benefit that they have is that everything is hyper integrated. Mm-hmm. You have um, Teams integrated with OneDrive, that's integrated with like Outlook. Everything is all one one thing, and it's pretty seamless. It in all for all intents and purposes. Um, Especially with like Word and everything like that. Yeah, you know? Excel, and you can have it in cloud, so it's real-time updates exactly. with your team and everything, yeah. But the issue now arises is um, Slack has really good integrations with Google Yeah, already. Yeah. And that, that's actually what I was going to, yeah. Yeah, Slack already has really good integrations with not just Google, but a bunch of other stuff. Because that's one thing that they kind of, that's one of the cool things about Slack is like um, they have integrations for, I, I think, damn near everything. Uh, whether it's calendar whether it's docs whether it's files whatever it might be it's there so by and i think obviously salesforce knows this and they they see that all they have to do is acquire this one company and all the integrations are already there whether that's uh and now i mean the only partnership that might need to happen and strengthen a bit more is maybe furthering further developing a really good integration with google Mm -hmm. uh, with the drive as a whole um, and with Salesforce behind them, I, I can see that happening. Obviously, you know, Salesforce isn't going to acquire 
Alphabet and Alphabet, I don't think they're going to acquire Salesforce. No, there's, no reason to. there's no reason to. It's interesting you say that, though, because like recently, you know, with like all the Google icons being re- redesigned and stuff, that's because yeah, yeah. they're trying to rebrand G Suite into Google Workplace or something like yeah. that, trying to become their own little like Slack or Microsoft Teams yeah. thing. Not I, necessarily. So they're not trying to make it into a communication outlet, internal ops. They're trying to make it as in like a very fluid, like collaborative collaborative space. space. So not necessarily on the communication front. That's where like Slack dominates. And there's no reason, like you got to think of it on like R&D costs. Why why would you spend money to build something that somebody else is doing way better than you when you can partner with them? Mm -hmm. And I think that's the smarter approach from Google. Um, And the way you got to look at it is because like, for those that don't know, like what the CRM, customer relationship management. So when you, when you have, as, as you scale, like a small business, you might not have to care about this because you're not going to have as many customers. But as you as you scale your offering and you become a mid-sized enterprise or large scale, you need to have a CRM system because otherwise, how do you know what customers you have, where they located once last time they bought, what is their pipeline, how much can you, like how much is that person paid so far and how much can you make off them? All these things you haven't considered, you need to have a CRM system. So that's Salesforce dominates that and they're number one in the world for that. Big time. Slack, on the other hand, they actually just double check. They do have 1,664 employees. So they actually do, do have a, quite a bit of employees. Wow. But their revenue. Salesforce, what, what are they at? Uh, Salesforce is ridiculous. I don't even yeah. want to know. I think it's like. They have like a building and like every continent. Uh, let's see. Salesforce is uh, 29,000 employees. So, yeah. um, and more than 150,000 customers around the world. So they, like I said, they dominate. Um, they have, what is that? Pretty much a 20x almost 20x of 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 slack so the acquisition makes sense but then on on slack's end um as as we brought up the the important thing to understand there and why you should really care uh is on two fronts so as as a student um if you're going to the workforce now's the time to start understanding these integrations and the reason why i'm bringing them up is because um as as you're in a corporation it's very hard to transition and pivot technologies within a company because you have to train everybody on them um, so if you understand these prior to going to a job, it's going to make you way more positioned to get a good job. Um, so that's one reason as a student, but why you should care as a company um, is because now you can actually reduce your costs. Uh, as we're talking about, if you can, right now, a lot of companies use um, siloed technologies for different things. So they're use siloed stuff for CRMs. They might use HubSpot or whatever. They yeah. might use different software for internal communication, Slack or Teams or whatever. Um, but if you can in-house it all into one cost, the cost structure is cheaper on your end. Um, and you can get it all in for one place. You can get, if you have issues, you can get it fixed in one place. Um, it'll re- reduce a lot of your headaches. That's why you should care as a, especially like a growing small business and a medium sized enterprise, especially. I think startups as well. Startups, especially. Um, yeah. I agree with that as well. But then as for the, the Google front, the reason why I'm very interested in that is because um, Google is trying to replace the way that you have to use Microsoft in general because most people don't get uh, Microsoft 360, like the actual suite, after yeah. after they finish like school, for example. Because we get it free at school. But after we're done with that, why do you pay for that when you can use Google Docs? Exactly. Why would you pay for that when you can use your the Google Sheets? Mm. Don't get me wrong. If you want to use Excel, like Excel is powerful if you know how to really use it. Oh, and, yeah. and that that's where that Excel is. Excel is better. Excel is way better. Than Sheets. Way Because better. you can do formulas. You can do crazy stuff. You can damn it. near program. Yeah. On the, on the thing, you know? Exactly. You can't really do that with Sheets. That being said, I think if Slack and Google work together, they can cover 90% of the reason. Because if, if you're a data analyst, you're going to need spreadsheets and most people in a company exactly. are going to need it. But for the most part, um, I think this is just going to reorganize how we work. And their entire vision is to change the way we do virtual business because they realize that this is this is not just now. This is the next thing for the next for the future in general. Mm-hmm. Um, let's reduce cost and overhead. Let's not have that many office spaces. Let's have virtual teams. 
um, and they're trying to solve that. So once again, you should care if you're trying to grow a business, leveraging gig economies, leveraging uh, virtual teams. Um, this is the way to do it. And this acquisition allows you to do it. Um, any other final thoughts on this before we transfer over to um, good old friend Blackberry that probably nobody's heard of for a long time? Yeah, it's been, it's been a while. <laughs> um, no, I think it's a really cool acquisition. And I think that, like I said in our chat, Microsoft should be very worried about this, especially with, and you bring up a good point, um, Google is focusing on making their work platform very well integrated with itself. So if now you have Google focusing on its uh, doc sheets and pages pages no pages is apple doc sheets <laughs> what's the what's the presentation one uh slides 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 um I, can you tell i don't use slides yeah <laughs> uh, uh between those if if they focus if they're focusing on making that really really good um and there's already google integration then it's just going to be even better when once everything is all said and done yeah fun fact if you type in your browser um docs.new you can open a new sheet uh new google doc and if you go to slides.new the new slide and sheets.new new new sheets document really yeah i do it right now glad, glad to know these shortcuts i'm definitely not going to do it right Do now but docs.new docs.new <laughs> if you blink me to some <laughs> don't finish that sentence uh <laughs> wow look at that it does so yeah i mean th those are things they're leveraging their search engine they're leveraging their capabilities to be able to create and that's once again like if you're a student this is the stuff to learn because companies are gonna start integrating these things and if you're ahead of the curve and understand it you have a job like mm -hmm. right off the bat it's, it's very complicated for somebody who's been doing the same thing forever to then look at this and be like okay now i need to use this like how do i use it they always need somebody to be able to um, help them out on that um but yeah, let's go into the next topic here. And I, I really like this one. This is a very fascinating one for me. Um, so it's it's BlackBerry and AWS making a partnership to work on digitizing cars. And I, I am very excited about this because obviously now with vehicles getting more and more complicated, uh, Tesla being kind of the, the first mover in that space, but now every car maker is like looking at how can they integrate technologies to make cars safer, more like integrated with like IoT technologies, um, the entertainment, ex like everything across the board. So. Mm -hmm. BlackBerry, for those that don't know, used to be a dominant space in uh, mobile software as well as creating phones like way back in the day. And they were- It used to be the dominant. It used to be the yeah. dominant. Like you're like, oh, you got a BlackBerry? Like you're, you're a professional. You're, you're a professional. You're, you're an industry professional. You were the iPhones before iPhones, basically. You could do everything. Pretty kind much. Of. Yeah. <laughs> you text. Yeah. You read an email. Page. <laughs> yeah. You can look at the stocks on you there. I am. <laughs> you can I am. Oh, yeah. What was BlackBerry's I am called? I don't even remember. Wait, what was it? What? What was BlackBerry's I am? Did you know what it is? Rim, I think. No, they're, they're instant messaging. They had, they, they they had, had, like had, a, they had a specific coin they name. They had a specific name for it. I thought it was Rim. It might be. I don't know. I'm not. Was it I'm Rim? I thought that was the owners. Yeah. We're, 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 we're too young for this. But, yeah. <laughs> but, but going off of the reason why you should really care about this is because AWS is trying to create. Um, infrastructure frameworks for uh, digitizing, but they're not necessarily trying to create the software for it. Um, they are working on autonomous vehicles as well. Um, and they are working on those kinds of capabilities. But where I think it gets very interesting is how BlackBerry can leverage their understanding of how they created smartphone technologies and all these things uh, on early stages to integrate with it, to digitize vehicles. Um, but I'm curious to understand kind of your guys' thoughts on like the under like using AWS to create the infrastructures to create that vehicle data, what they can do for monitoring um, systems within the car, what they can do to build out IoT platforms um, and BlackBerry stock skyrocketed because of this. Um, so what are you guys' thoughts on it? I actually love this one because it's 
like I, I legit thought BlackBerry was not really a thing anymore. Like they were there, but not really doing anything. They're on the verge of death, basically. Um, but they've actually been partnered with AWS for the past six years. And this partnership that was just announced is to build on top of mm -hmm. that. So in a sense, the way I look at this is that BlackBerry uh, basically stopped itself from getting blockbustered. I thought they got blockbustered because like, as we all know, Blockbuster got taken over by Netflix and then it stopped being as dominant as it was and now it's not a thing anymore. And that almost happened with Black BlackBerry, but um, they made some very smart moves and they completely pivoted their business um, using leveraging what they were good at before to go into a different space that is in high demand now, right? So um, yeah, so they're working on, well, actually for one thing, they they're currently blackberry has is in 175 million cars mm -hmm. and for perspective there are 276.6 million cars in the u.s so over 50 percent of vehicles blackberry's in it yeah like 63 percent. and i mean these this is obviously around the world but that that's crazy right so they've been doing a lot over the past six years and so like you were saying tesla and stuff has been paving the way for like iot in cars and just connected car technology and that's what they've basically been working on for all these other brands. Mm -hmm. um, so like, you know, think of GM, Hyundai, Toyota, Honda, all of them. Mm -hmm. um, they're in those cars. And so like technologies like advanced driver assistance, um, your infotainment system. So like the thing in the middle with where you can connect your phone, um, all that stuff. Blackberry has been behind it. So pretty awesome. I think yeah, so this new partnership, like I was saying, just takes it to the next level um, to like enhance secu more security and build more systems um, around that. So pretty awesome. Yeah, my my, and I'm, I'm gonna play devil's advocate here. Um, my big fear going forward with more autonomy and uh, getting uh, level five autonomous vehicles, where you literally no, I think I think level five is you no longer. Legally need a steering wheel because yep. like, the car can just drive itself Absolutely. everywhere. Mm -hmm. um, my my biggest concern with a vehicle like that, and even even the autonomous vehicles that we have on the road today, is security. Like that's always and forever going to be my thing. Because like, do you remember when these these computers? I, I don't know specifically if it was like the BlackBerry ones being uh, showcasing these videos from like a few years ago. Um, but people were, were hacking into vehicles as they were moving. Mm -hmm. Like it was a big thing in, in the media for a while yeah. of like people pumping on brakes, pumping on the accelerator, uh, pushing down on the accelerator, excuse me, um, turning off the vehicle entirely, shutting off uh, safety features for the vehicle, airbags, traction control, all these kind of things, right? Um, so obviously those things are, are always going to arise and always going to be there. Um, but having vehicles that maybe are... For, what I imagine what AWS wants is to create a mesh network with the vehicles. Yep. At the end of the day, that's that's mm -hmm. that's probably their main goal here. Um, so having a mesh network, I think, opens up the possibility of some sort of malware being introduced into the mesh. Um, what do you, what exactly do you mean by a mesh network? Like where they're all like connected, basically. Correct. Yeah, they're all interconnected with each other. Yeah, with each other. Mm. So that's that's kind of how the vehicles communicate with the main hub yeah. is they don't directly communicate with the hub because mm -hmm. they're too far away. Mm -hmm. So they just bounce between a bunch of different cars until yeah. the message gets relayed, um, which with Amazon's servers, that's going to be so quick. Yep. Like it's going to be in an instant, especially with 5G and everything like that. Yeah. Um, but that's, that's always like my, I remember when that first came out, I was like, well, that's going to be like an issue moving forward, especially with, with autonomous cars. Um, 
that's you know and i, I think people they try obviously they're they're doing a, a better job but like the issue is right now it's one-off events like because cars are connected to these mesh networks because yep. they're not communicating uh with each other uh independently you have this situation where if i wanted to hack a car i need to attack that car whereas if they're all communicating with each other you get into a situation now where it's like all i have to do is hit, hit this one car and now that spreads out but into there's a lot of ways to block that and i i, I to play devil's devil, advocate. devil goes at devil's advocate to the devil's advocate in uh-huh. the situation is the the leading cause of car accidents and deaths is because of people humans, pe- humans. i mean it's human yeah. error it's because people are drowsy it's because of drunk driving it's because of these things yeah which this can eliminate and also the reason for traffic is because people drive at different paces so what <laughs> happens there is you create that bottleneck effect where like someone rubber band effect actually yeah, where yeah, somebody yeah. starts slowing down and then that creates traffic on on the freeway so it eliminates a lot of those factors. I agree. That's always going to be a threat. Um, and that's where cybersecurity, once again, like why people should care. Like cybersecurity is going to be a huge, like, huge need because as, as these technology grow, cybersecurity needs to match up to that growth. Um, that was the same thing with IoT for smart homes, for example. Um, so in the early the stage. With, you see the thing with Echoes? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll, you want to we'll, talk about that? Is we'll, that on his we'll own list? No, we won't, we, won't, yeah. we won't be talking about that. Okay. Uh, just to... I mean, there's a lot of issues when it comes to IoT. And one thing I would bring up for IoT in general, like the concerns early on, like now it's it, a lot of them has been fixed, but like same thing with rings and all these things. Once you yeah. have anything electronic, you can open up anybody's doors. You can access anybody's cameras in their homes. Mm-hmm. Now you have access to understanding what's happening inside of their homes. Mm-hmm. And then you can get into locks. You know, they're not home. Then you can like, you know, really smart thief. Like if you yeah. can do that, that's really that's intelligent. I, that's why I don't have an August <laughs> lock, like a smart lock on my home. Cause I remember years ago, I watched this one video of like someone literally screaming through like a window, like just loud, like, like, uh, okay, Google unlock the front door and the freaking lock did it. Like it just unlocked the front door. Um, and that was an August lock, but that was years ago. Yeah. Um, they fixed a lot of those issues. They fixed, but I'm saying like, I just, I don't want to deal with that at all. So I'm just going to keep the traditional locks. Um, but maybe I, I, I would like, if we're going to get into the, some of the stuff I'd like to bring up the the echo thing. I right, just quickly bring it up. Um, <laughs> as long uh, as it doesn't go into a fifty, I'm no. just worried about the tangent on this. <laughs> it's, it's not going to be a tangent because you don't know about it, right? Well, are you talking about like years ago or like no? Right this now? is like a week Recent. ago. This is like a week ago. No, what happened? No, no, no. It's um, there was an, an update with uh, that Amazon pushed out to Echoes that is that it's automatically enrolling people in. You have to go in manually and, and disable it. You can which is a good thing, but it automatically enroll people with this update where let's say we're neighbors, you and I, and my internet goes off and my echoes are obviously they need the internet to work and they're not going to work. Well, what they do is if you have echoes as well, your echoes open up your internet to my echoes to connect to my internet so that they can still be connected uh, yeah. to the AWS. So it doesn't turn off. Exactly. Wow. So if the internet goes off, but the power's still on my, my uh, Amazon connected devices will piggyback off of your internet to still allow them to- uh, As long as you have a device. It requires requires your neighbor to also have an Echo device. So let's Uh, say that they have a Google- Echo has the biggest market share. They do. But like, let's say you have a Google Home, no issue because like it can't ping it off it. That's why I'm a Google man here. (laughs) Google wouldn't dare do anything like that. Yeah, but like, I think think we're this, this like, Overall, when it comes to like the way that IoT and technology, like what you brought up, I, well, I agree with your point hundred percent. Because I think, yeah, I'm I'm here for it, man. I I will long for the day that I could just like take a nap in the back of my car and <laughs> uh, I get there. You know, like traffic. Anytime I'm in traffic, I always get angry because it's like this shouldn't exist. <laughs> it's ridiculous. It's all man-made. Traffic is man-made, um, or human-made. Excuse me. Um, 
And uh, same thing with car accidents. All these deaths and stuff like that. That's all people being drowsy, just not paying attention and all this stuff. So yeah, machines, absolutely. Better drivers than humans. But I think the safety... I, I mean, that, that then brings up the concern of like, imagine you just going from point A to point B and just on the back of your laptop, just hacking away, you know? Like it's... Yeah, so lack of control. I, 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 get, I get the fear that some people have. I would say that it, it's going to kind of be those generational jumps as we're talking about. We just haven't been used to that yet. But like the next generation I, that gets cars that can do it. Like after that, the generations just be like, you, this is how it is, man. Like, you, yeah. always, you always skip. I, 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 I say this to the cows come home. Um, when the product first comes out, that's still a beta product. Mm-hmm. Like when the first iPhone came out, yeah. that was a beta product. Yeah. Now the iPhone 3G, when that came out, that was a full-fledged product. Right. Yeah. Don't touch the first one. Don't touch the first one. Most yeah. most of the times. Yeah. Um, don't touch the first one. There are some examples, uh, some examples, some exceptions, excuse me. Um, but it's always going to be a beta product. When the first level five autonomous vehicle comes out, I'm skipping a generation or two. <laughs> you know? I'm cool with doing the old behind the wheel driving for a little bit longer. And by then, like, level three and level four is going to be so out there that the only difference is I sometimes need to drive. The yep. car's still going to get me there for the most part, um, but I just need to pay attention and drive. That's mm-hmm. the only difference between like a level four and a level five autonomy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, yeah. There's like the incremental growth, and lo- those that are interested, you can like literally research online. There's like the level. I think right now we're at level two. Like we're really not as close as yeah, people te- think we are. Tesla promised us level three autonomy by the end of this year, but we yeah. are at the end of this year. And and, and you know, <laughs> so. also said that the shares will. He literally sent an email to all his employees that get ready for the shares to drop because he promised a little too much to shareholders. So, oh, um, <laughs> yeah. So in, in general, uh, when it comes to autonomous vehicles, why you should care about AWS and BlackBerry is because this technology already, like BlackBerry's are, like you said, integrating vehicles. If you want to get into the uh, automotive industry or even if you want to get into just tech in general and cybersecurity, there's a lot of opportunities to understand about like driver assistance, um, hands-free, connected modules, all these kinds of things. And there'll be plenty of job opportunities for them because vehicles are all integrating this tech. So um, for those looking for opportunities in that space, understand it. And for companies, uh, especially like, uh, well, there's car market's kind of its own market. So I mean, they kind of all know what's going on. Hopefully they're adapting to the times. But for those that consult these markets, you have to understand these trends because mm-hmm. otherwise you're not going to be able to properly consult them on um, where the market is going. But I think cybersecurity is going to be at the biggest need, as you brought up, being the devil's advocate in this situation. Mm-hmm. Um, so next topic that we're going to talk about, we're going to keep this short and sweet just because we've talked about TikTok a lot. Um, but this one is Shopify and TikTok having their partnership. We brought it up very briefly on one episode, but since Nikhil didn't read that uh, article, <laughs> we're going to bring it up one more time on this one. Yeah. Um, TikTok is still kind of in the limbo phase. So just FYI for anybody who watched our previous episodes, they still haven't come to a formal agreement for acquisition. Um, it's still in limbo phase. That too, that's not that's not going to happen. The only reason that... <laughs> do you, look, let me let me freaking put on my truth hat here. The only reason that the Trump administration was putting so much pressure on TikTok was because a bunch of TikTokers were, were mean to Trump. Ooh. <laughs> and so it's like now, now that he's out of the office, he does not care anymore. He's like, it doesn't matter. They can, they're just going to keep doing their thing, which is why they just keep kicking the can down until January 20th when Biden's in the administration. He's just going to go, I don't care about this and just leave it alone. Yeah, it, 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 was, it was it was so funny because I was watching uh, CNBC this morning and they were literally just like, at this point, I don't know what's going on. This was the hottest topic in the summertime. Everybody's freaking out. But at this point, we have no idea what's going on. We don't think anything's going to happen. It's pretty much the same thing to your point. Um, but as for that, I don't really care too much about TikTok. I care more about e-commerce integration with 
of social media. And I think that's kind of where I want to kind of hone in on this. So Shopify and TikTok are working on a partnership. And I can see this happening with other social media brands as we move forward. But obviously, e-commerce now, especially with COVID, is, is skyrocketing. And, and it's, it's more and more important. Uh, Black Friday was the biggest online sales ever in history, recorded history. Um, it's really putting a strain on like UPS and stuff like that. That's aside for a different, different point. But this is interesting to me because the biggest struggle right now with social media to e-commerce is the, the lack of ability to be able to purchase product. So if you're a small brand, for example, let's say you're on uh, Instagram, it requires you have 10,000 followers before you can have the swipe up function. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Most small businesses and brands do not have 10,000 followers. Unless they buy them. Unless they buy them. And even in that case, it usually dwindles because it's not a legitimate follower. So they're going to eventually disobey. They get shadow banned and you get kicked out. So it's very hard to build that social media presence to sell products. TikTok has its own viral factor because it's not based off your own mini audience groupings. It's based off for you pages and, and algorithms. Mm-hmm. And I really like it because in, in 60 seconds, you should be able to showcase a product. You can have influencers on there. You can create very robust strategies. So for anybody who wants to really get into building an e-commerce store, e-commerce businesses, understand how to use TikTok, their, their trends, to showcase products, leverage the influencers that exist on there. And they don't have to be big-time influencers. You can have people with like decent followers but high engagement that like their audience is consistent with them to showcase your product lines and you can grow it fast because if you can integrate that with Shopify, because Shopify is doing crazy acquisitions. People don't really realize they, they purchased uh, a warehouse automation company. Uh, well, I forgot what it's exactly called. Let me actually verify that right now before I say something completely false, but um, they, they purchased that and it was in 2019 and that was a big acquisition. Cause what that did was it put them at the forefront, being able to start competing more and more with Amazon because of using automation within their smaller warehouses to push volume and help small businesses build e-commerce platforms. And the reason why I like Shopify so much is because unlike Amazon who tries to control everything on one platform, Shopify says, look, let's enable you to do it on your own platform. And that with social media, I think that's kind of a winning like combination to me because Amazon doesn't have that social media side to it. It has the clout. Everybody goes to Amazon obviously to find products. But I think this enables small businesses and any business to build a really strong uh, e-commerce business. What do you guys think? Yeah, that's. Uh, I, th- I think it's just a really smart um, acquisition, if not a partnership in general, because of the times that we are in and the way that things are changing, right? Um, I got, before this acquisition happened, um, or not acquisition, yeah, I'm mixing up terms right now. Um, so this is a partnership, this is not an acquisition. Um, but before this partnership happened, before, you know, back in the summer when we were talking about like Microsoft and stuff, um, Walmart got in the mix too. And I got really excited about that potential acquisition because um, it would have been more or less the same thing uh, or similar. Um, but I, I, I think I think it, it's just cool to see the way that e-commerce and stuff is moving. I mean, you, you got like Facebook shops now too, right? Um, so within instagram there's like a dedicated tab now and i can go ahead and roast the ui but um <laughs> it's like the they, implementation more than they, anything dude they <laughs> move the notification thing from the bottom to the top and they put shops there and then like reels in the middle it's so bad um go but for the jugular. go ahead huh go ahead go for the jugular oh i i was so confused on how to post content because like to post a story you have to like click on the like plus the plus button. and then you're yeah. like now i choose story. i was like bro i just like to be able to click on my story and just yeah. be able to post story like it was so much easier yeah <laughs> if we want to get into ux and ui now like i mean that's just bad it's, like it's bad you're confusing users who are 
loyal to your product and who have been using it for years and all of a sudden you're changing everything and or just like the layout and stuff you're going to confuse people and piss them off it's just dumb like yeah. it, it, this is this is facebook just sticking their nose into instagram in like a really big way they're like oh we need to we need to be able to monetize more on this platform besides just face, uh, instagram ads and, and all this so what do they do they go oh, ecom people are using e-commerce a bunch but and, and the funny thing with them is it's it's so like they just push this feature without actually addressing the really big issue um, that the partnership between TikTok and Shopify addresses, which is, um, and Value brought it up, you need like swipe ups and, and to have like really cool integrations with the shops and, and have full fledged like an e-commerce presence on Instagram. You need that that five figure follower. Um, five figures? Yes, five figures. Yeah. You need 10,000 um, in, in order to have that, in order to have any kind of presence on that platform um and also it, it's it's the eyes like no one's going to buy something from a shop that has like a hundred followers really like obviously unless you know the brand and you looked up reviews and like oh this is just a brand new brand or something like that um you you then might do it but no the the, the tiktok and shopify partnership it allows anybody and everybody to make a really cool integration with their shop it doesn't matter who you are as long as the product is cool um then go for it. And more often than not, you're not looking at follower count on TikTok. You're just looking at the content, mm -hmm. it, which is a weird kind of thing that they've tricked the brain into where it's like on Instagram, you worry about likes and follows, whereas on TikTok, you focus on the content and I guess the likes to some extent, but not really. But they come. Like, it's the thing. It's like, if you... It, you reward, it. it rewards good content. So on like Instagram, it's really cloud basing. Like that's why people pay for followers and all these kinds, all those kinds of things. You, you tag and all these things. On 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 TikTok, for example, there I just I just saw a video of somebody who just hired like they're making videos. They hired a videographer to do dance videos, right? And now with the video production, freaking millions of views because it was good content. It was pretty good dancing, but on top of it, it's just the content production, everything like that. You post that on Instagram, guarantee it's not going to get much like traction because of the fact that it, it's harder to get on discovery pages, hard to get on these things where you can actually like viralize your content and yeah. showcase in front of people. It's just unique. And that tied down with products. If you're, you can make mini advertisements on Shopify. I mean, not on Shopify, on TikTok that don't feel like advertisements yep. to yep. organically pull people to your Shopify store. Yep. You directly tie that in with paid ad campaigns. You tie that in with using Facebook pixels, you, data analytics, all these things to do retargeting campaigns, email marketing. You can build a full-fledged like e-commerce store in months. That usually mm -hmm. takes you years to do. All you have to do is hire somebody who's pretty good at the old TikTok and then have them post a story that's just like, went up to this boutique shop and asked them if I could do this video for free and they liked some of the videos I did before so then I did it for them it's like the notice that at uh, first couple months ago when those videos started coming out for like the guy in Riverside actually he's local um when he would go out to um uh, a few restaurants like side smaller restaurants and make like really viral TikToks for them that guy was a pioneer in in a sense because he was one of the first ones to be like yeah I just want to make a cool video for you and get some clout on on TikTok but now what you're getting is you're getting these people who um, are going to businesses with the premise of this happening, but there is cash being exchanged mm -hmm. because now you can show them like, this is actually will get you business. So it can get you business. Give me money. Um, so now you're seeing kind of a disingenuous uh, thrusting of, of this kind of video out there. Um, but no, it's, it's like with anything, it's like everything obviously goes through ebbs and flows and, and all this kind of thing. But like um, I think what's happening with TikTok right now, it's, 
when you get content that's really high quality, that gets more engagement because TikTok in its core is just supposed to be like, I take my phone out, I record something, and then I put my phone back in my pocket after I post it. Mm -hmm. It's supposed to be very simple, very low budgety. Um, sort of like, uh, I, I attribute this back to like Casey Neistat when he first started vlogging on YouTube. When you look at like other vloggers and they had like these little point and shoots or just their cell phones, mm -hmm. um, it was about the content and about the story and less about the quality of the actual content. But then Casey Neistat walking around with his five pound, um, you know, gorilla pod with his camera and all this, all the DSLR and everything like that. And a drone. And exactly. And drone. And people are like, oh my goodness, this is like an actual like video quality vlog. And it's yeah. just one dude doing this. So then that's how we kind of gain that popularity. And also he lives such an eccentric lifestyle that it's just, it, you watch it more for just being like, wow, imagine if I had that kind of money um, than anything, you know? And just fun life. But, um, yeah, it, that's what that's kind of one of the things that's happening. And you kind of referenced it here when you said um, that they they brought in the production quality and now they're getting millions of views. Mm -hmm. uh, I think that that, is, that can no longer happen on Instagram because it's already happened on Instagram yep. where you had the cell phone pictures that were like, snap, here's this thing. Um, no, the production quality already is so high on Instagram that you, you will make so much more money on TikTok and uh, well, more conversions, I should say, on TikTok than you would on Instagram, solely based off the fact that it's so saturated with high quality content, and TikTok is not. Yep. Absolutely. Any other final takes from you, Nico? No, I think you hit it all on the head. Can you tell that I'm starting to to loathe Facebook more and more as, oh, as the days go? A absolutely. And and once again, like why you should care. Like if you're trying to make either like you're a small business trying to make an e-commerce store or you're trying to consult or you're trying to work in industry or anything, things, look at how social media can tie into building out, especially e-commerce product categories, selling them, leveraging those platforms. Mm. Um, that's what the future is going to be holding for us. Um, and Shopify, don't sleep on Shopify. They are, yep. they are moving quick and they're making crazy acquisitions. And the company that I was talking about was called Six River Systems. I remember the acquisition just because back in the day I was doing the market research for ARCS, um, the automation company here in Riverside. And um, Six River Systems they were acquired for $450 million and they have warehouse automation so that they can, they can make the warehouses way more efficient, uh, helping Shopify work with small businesses that they partner with um, to do all their distribution, uh, which is pretty crazy. So, You, you know what? acquisition or maybe even a partnership i'm i'm waiting for which just makes so much sense um is pinterest acquiring etsy yeah 100 mm. percent. i, I makes, think i think I don't just know why it has partner happened. integration makes perfect sense they, i don't know why it hasn't happened i i for the first time i made fun of etsy so much <laughs> but i for the first time this holiday season i'm like i don't want to shop at like a kohl's or anything like that so i went to etsy um oh they have so much good stuff mm? good for etsy i i had no idea so i'm <laughs> i'm i will not necessarily an Etsy evangelist, but now I'm, yeah, I use it. It's, it's cool. It's I, cool approve, I approve of it. Yeah, yeah. I, I approve of Etsy. All right. Well, that was good that you brought up Kohl's because that actually goes into our next topic, which is <laughs> uh, retail and retail, which is the concept of opening mini stores within stores. And I, I, I think this is where retail is going to go. And, it, and it's, it's just, look, COVID obviously just accelerated things that were already happening, but retail is already dying. Retail will never die off completely. It's impossible for die off just because our the way that humans work we still will go to a physical location to get some things right away. Mm. E-commerce makes it easier for us to get in. Obviously with Amazon, you can just purchase and all these kinds of things. But retail and retail, I think is a smart move because there are certain stores that are commodities. Like mm. we have to go to the grocery store. We have to, um, sometimes you want to go to Kohl's and all these things to kind of see deals and, and shop. 
but that automatically creates foot traffic of a certain demographic. So it's really smart for then other companies to partner with them. Best Buy ran the same exact model to then allow you to create mini stores inside of the stores. Yeah. I mean, Best Buy did it yeah. with showrooms and that literally saved them. If they yeah. didn't do that, Best Buy would not be here today. Yeah. So what Sephora and I, I what was the uh, uh, Ulta? Ulta. Ulta, yeah. yeah. So you have two uh, beauty brands um, and instead of the traditional, like inside of malls, cause malls are losing value like crazy. Um, and they're going to die out. It's been a good run. It's been a really good like run. 40 I was years, right? shocked how long they've been going. But now, now the thing is why focus on your overhead costs? Once again, what we're talking about, um, when you can leverage foot traffic from another organization, partner with them, create an upside for both brands involved yep. and you reduce your overall cost. So what? Uh, Sephora and Ulta are doing is Sephora is opening up mini stores in Kohl's mm -hmm. and then Ulta is opening up in Targets. Um, and the entire strategy behind this is that the individuals in the store uh, are trained to understand those products as well. So now you already have like the workforce tied into it. And then on top of that, you have the right demographics because they kind of looked at, okay, people that go to Target stores, would they buy Ulta? Is it, is it a good demographic match? It is. Mm -hmm. um, that's really, really smart because uh, what was it? Sephora was doing uh, JCPenney's um, but the thing was, JCPenney's was increasing that foot traffic. They were dying out. So it's really good move to go into stores that still have that foot traffic, that have their still niche yeah. of a necessity. Um, and like I said, this is where retail is going to go. I 100% I believe it. Um, what are you guys' thoughts on this retail and retail? Um, yeah, completely agree with you. Like, like you were saying, malls are dying out. Sephora's are pretty much in a lot of malls as well as jc pennies and jc pennies are they filed bank for bankruptcy so that's not working out anymore um and kohl's yeah they 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 have like a relatively lacking beauty space so it's a win-win mm -hmm. um for both same for target like if you go into any target right as you turn right there's a whole beauty area so it can just be there and um i mean target's done this before too um struggling to remember one of the more recent brands, but I know they've done partnerships with um, like CVS. Huh? Oh, oh, like the actual like big, big partnerships. Yeah, CVS. CVS. And then there was like one more that they did like last year that I can't exactly remember. But um, yeah, it's I, I, I definitely see it as a win win. Um, less overhead cost for um, Sephora and Ulta and um, more potential customers for Kohl's and Target. Yeah, I, I so I'm sure that you two are aware of this, but Kohl's already has a partnership with Amazon. Yeah, I was you gonna. Can, you can return, yeah. and I've I've used this a bunch recently. Me too. Um, to just return knickknacks and patty wax and whatever you know. Give um, a <laughs> give a dog a bone. Yeah. <laughs> um. So, but what they do, which is really genius, and they got me one time. It's it's. 30% off coupon? No, not 30% off. So I never do the percentage off because I'm like, I don't care about percentage off. Um, but the way they got me, which is really interesting, is they I kept getting a bunch of those. It was like 30% off, 25% off, 40% off. And I was like, I don't care. Um, but then finally, it because there's always a minimum purchase on it. It's always like 30% off of your next purchase of $20 or more or something like that. Um, they finally gave me a coupon that was like $5 off any purchase. So I was just like, five dollars off any purchase i was like that means i could get like a two dollar candy bar and they have to give me three dollars what's going on here like i like but what's what's the point um 
So I just looked, me and my wife looked around the store and we found this really ugly Christmas ornament that's supposed to be a polar bear, but it was like, it was like a factory defect. So it has a really long snout. <laughs> so it looks like a polar bear anteater. And we just literally were crying laughing at this thing inside the coals. So we bought it and I didn't even look at the price. I was like, I don't care. I'll pay whatever amount of money for this, this ornament. Um, and we go up and uh, we buy it. And it, it's, the ornament was like regular price, like $15. Okay. We got it for like 10 like if I had seen $15, if I didn't have this coupon, I would have saw $15 and I'm like, that's really funny. I'll take a picture of this, but I'm not going to buy this. But it's weird that the fact that I had the coupon and it, and in my mind, I had already purchased it. You know, it's like, I, this is mine now. I, I bought this already in my head. I went through with the purchase because I knew I had $5 off. Um, so it, it works sometimes. I think it's different for some people. Some people look at percentages and they're okay with that. Um, I just, I don't know why my brain doesn't work that way. Um, so, but, but I think that it's, you bring up a good point where it's like, um, Kohl's is for my mom. Like my mother shops at Kohl's. Me too. My mom, anytime I go to Kohl's and I buy anything, guess whose number I put to get Kohl's cash? My mom's. Yeah, my um, mom has like the credit card. Exactly. Everything. Yeah, same, same. My, and I, I always use the thing. And I remember uh, when I bought the ornament, the guy was like, um, oh, you, uh, this account has like $50 in Kohl's cash. Do you want to use that to buy? I was like, no. I was like, what's wrong with you? You know how quick I'd get a call from my mom if she was just like, did you, did she you use, like, my, Kohl's use my, my Kohl's cash? Um, so I was like, no, I'm okay. Just, you know, go through with it. Give her the Kohl's cash or whatever, right? Um, but, but I say this for this reason is um, Kohl's is for old people. Uh, Sephora is not for old people. It's for, you know, younger people who want makeup and want all these things. And more often than not, there's going to be a Kohl's closer to you than there is going to be a mall that has a Sephora in it. Um, so by having younger people go into Kohl's to go into Sephora to then buy something from Sephora to then get a 30% off coupon or a $5 off any purchase coupon and they go, eh, I got 15 minutes. And then they look around and they buy something. Genius. Yep. Um, and I think that it's something that target doesn't do and i don't think they will do because their platform is their the way that they run their business is already i think i look i'm very biased i love target um but yeah i don't think they don't give coupons the way that kohl's does because they don't have to people are going to continue to go to target and continue to buy stuff from them regardless of whether or not it's on sale like you can do red card and or your red card excuse me mm. and get five percent off that's that's the most they'll give you for the most part um, but Kohl's doing this and if they do it the right way, the way they've been doing the Amazon stuff where they give you money, genius. I think they're, I think you're going to see Jesse Penny's, uh, go down. I think they're going to file for chapter, well, they ch filed chapter seven or chapter 13 in 06, which is the one where your debts get frozen seven, right? Or 13. I'm one, the one where your debts get frozen. That's the one that they filed. So it's just, Hey, we're broke. We can't pay our debts. They got some money. They're doing better now, but I, I can see them going into bankruptcy again. Um, Sears is, is dead, um, but Kohl's I think is gonna is gonna be all right. They're not gonna be amazing. They're not gonna be Kohl's like ten years ago, um, but I think it's gonna they're, they're gonna be all right because of these partnerships. Yeah, mm -hmm. their stock went up fifteen percent upon the news. Yeah, so yeah, but that's gonna, I mean that always goes with that. <laughs> any partnership, any acquisition, you got a huge bump, and then it's gonna correct, and one, it's gonna be really bad. Correct. Once you realize that the stock market has no mathematical value to it and it's based solely off of emotions yeah <laughs> i you you the it, it starts to make a lot more sense like if you look at if you look at tesla and you go why why is it valued like this uh mathematically you're gonna lose your mind but if you look at it and go people like teslas yeah they just 
clicks. Yeah, fun, <laughs> fundamental analysis of stocks has taken a back seat recently just because of oh, just I, how I, the this just just random opinions in the market and I mean all the gurus coming out that are like I can make you fuck I can go I can you you want a bunch of money I can have you there's this dude that I follow on Twitter who's like he's doing like the uh uh 200 what is it uh, 2500 to 25,000 challenge where he will take your 25 as long and you got to pay him monthly obviously yeah. um but he will take your account from 2.5k to 25k uh in i don't know i think he he did it last year to prove that he could um or not even last year like four months ago to prove that he could um and he did it well good for him um but he just kind of it's now he's charging people for it yeah it, uh, yeah it's it's it, it's a weird time it, it's like it, if the stock market hasn't crashed during, throughout COVID, it, it's very unlikely that it will have a huge crash but there is a lot of corrections there's just a lot of overvaluations a lot of things that i'd just be very skeptical yeah. for a lot and i think that perfect kind of allows me to close it out with the final thought piece, which I'll just really quickly do because I know you don't like blockchain when I talk about it. But you know what? Dude, I thought, actually, after <laughs> I, will, I will say this, after my after my close encounter with death, you had an epiphany, and you were like, no, "I was right." <laughs> no, not an epiphany. It's more, if anything, I I'm more set in my ways now. But I will say that it made me miss your blockchain rants. So. Without further ado, I appreciate it. Well, this is not necessarily a blockchain rant. This is more of understanding why you should focus in on crypto because it's actually now becoming a more mainstream thing. Banks are actually now talking about leveraging cryptos. Um, multiple different um, national agencies are looking at using cryptos. Nonprofits are looking at using cryptos. So there was once again another crypto boom. Yeah. Um, be very cautious of it. Once again, crypto is a very volatile thing. Um, yeah. But the reason why right now there's a huge conversation about it is because of dollar inflation, the worry there. Uh, because there, if we have to inject more money into the economy and all these things, there's an inflation that might come. And that's why people are putting money into cryptos. But the reason why I'm saying pay attention to it is because once you have more openness from government regulations and all these things, you'll see more companies want to adopt it. Once more companies want to adopt it, the pricing of them and the use case of them goes up. But my caution to anybody who's looking at crypto and the growth and all these things, research the fundamental use of it. Don't look at the price of it. The price is irrelevant. It's going to go up. It's going to go down. And if you are a crypto investor and you look at it every day, you're going to go insane. So don't do that. But yeah. look at the application because right now, the stuff that I've been preaching for like the last three years are finally coming to fruition. The application of these blockchain technologies in finance are finally being used. Like there's a lot of cases about it. Ripple's uh, CEO finally is having like conferences with CNBC and like actually talking about how Ripple's being used yeah. um, and all this. So my last why you should care about cryptos is that it's getting into limelight again. Um, but look at the application of it. Look at how this this technology is going to be used uh, in financial institutions as well as businesses. Um, because there's a lot of speculation about, uh, you know, regular currencies. So they're looking at these uh, digital currencies, um, how they can be used. Um, and even PayPal is talking about using crypto. So yeah. it's, it's, it's once again, it's making the limelight. So pay attention to it. I, uh, I think it's interesting the way it's kind of happening. Like you, you always hear so much about Bitcoin. You hear like, oh, Bitcoin's, you know, on the rise I again. I don't care about Bitcoin. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Here's, here's the thing, people. It's like, um, just don't buy a shirt, buy Bitcoin, but don't have, don't make that like your, your show horse. You know, it's like, if you're going to buy really the two that you should be focusing on, well, the one coin base you should be focusing on is Ethereum based coins, mm -hmm. um, which I believe Ripple is in that camp. I think is Ripple not Ethereum based? 
Uh, or is Ripple its own? Because I know Ripple and Ethereum are always like the two coins that are the most practical uses. Like Ethereum Classic, actual Ethereum, and then Ripple proper. I'm, I'm pretty sure that um, Ripple is not. Yeah, it's not. So it has, a separate, it has, a, it has a separate plug, so it's own language. So it's own language? Okay. So that, that, you have to look at the use case. So Ethereum has a lot of uh, use cases when it comes to like business to business interaction, internal business operation, and yep. like closed kind of networks. Ripple has international like transfer. So like think of like, I got to sell, I got to send money to Canada. Um, there's international fees. There's a lot of fees tied into it. It's really expensive to do it. With Ripple, you can do it really fast at the fraction of the cost. That's Ripple's use case and has a protocol algorithm to it. So that's why right now, especially because of COVID and money transfers, Ripple's in the limelight. And it's been it's been really, really growing in value. Um, Bitcoin and Ethereum, I would say like Bitcoin, obviously is kind of the big, big cojone. It was the OG. That's the reason why blockchain technologies came to about because they realized Bitcoin, wow, you're actually using this thing called blockchain in there. Um, and I, I just, my, my caution to anybody is if you want to get into the space and look at cryptos, just, just read about them, learn, like, learn my, about uh, the use cases of them. Here's the thing. I, I have invested heavily in Dogecoin. <laughs> uh, I've mortgaged the home in Doge. Um, you're serious. No, we have to get Doge to a dollar. All right. We have to figure out a way to get Dogecoin to the dollar and I, I I'm curious Val as our as our liaison as our head crypto blockchain uh coin man how do we get doge to a dollar you don't invest in the dogecoin uh you look at ethereum look at how you can leverage it for smart contracts you look at ripple and that application for international commerce and you look at blockchain application within businesses and you actually ignore everything that louis says and you'll be fine now, can you explain to us what <laughs> dogecoin is so <laughs> so and this is actually no the reason why this is a good one why you should care is because we're once again going into a there's a method to my madness yeah so i, I get it yes there, there's a huge growth spurt once again into cryptos so what people do is this is why i'm saying research them people threw money at every kind of crypto known to man so when bitcoin blew up there was a lot of companies that decided to create cryptos that were worth that literally had no use case to it literally no use case to it one of those was the lovely dogecoin and um, there's some other ones as well, but I forgot what was the uh, valuation it got to. It got to a penny. It got to like four. Uh, no, 14, but like, like mar- market cap. Like oh, I have no idea. It, market Doge- cap wise, it was like an ins- it's just a st- stupid amount. So if you if you go on to C plus plus by the way, what the, pro- the it's just C plus plus. Oh my god! All right, so if <laughs> if you go if you go onto Google and you search Dogecoin and it's D O G E C O I N dot com. Yep. Um, I'm check it, right it out. Um, <laughs> you'll see a Shiba dog, Shiba Inus, uh, and, uh, yeah, that's on the coin and it's not even a cryptocurrency or anything. It's just, they made the hype. They ICO'd, they got a bunch of traction behind it. It went skyrocketed. It lost all its value and pretty much wiped out a lot of people's money. So yes, when it comes to crypto, don't invest into the value of the coin, invest into the use case of the technology. That's what's going to create value. That's what creates money in the stock market. Understand that. And definitely don't listen to Bitcoin traders and all these kinds of people that say like, hey, you will work with me. I'm going to make you the, what, 2,500 to 25,000. In Bitcoin, it's even worse. Like blockchain traders or uh, <laughs> digital currency traders are like, I'm going to oh get you 100,000. Like Forex traders and yeah. stuff like that. So get away from that as soon as possible. We got, um, we, we got, we got the uh, production crew here cackling. What's going on? Look at the Discord chat. 
Oh man. Oh, the Discord chat. Oh, these are fantastic. No, 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 no. Oh, the Twitch, Twitch chat? chat. Yeah. Oh, okay. Look, it, my my the reason I bring up getting Doge to a dollar, it's it's it, it is for it is for this reason. It, it is for the reason of like pay attention to what's happening right now. Um, it's so easy to look at to to hear the the buzz word of like cryptocurrency and be like well all these cryptocurrencies are doing really good so that means that i have to then invest in cryptocurrencies or buy and drops please if you do yeah um (laughs) i funny enough i i sold recently i sold all of my uh, crypto um at the beginning of the pandemic because i was like there's no way i was like there's no way and here's the thing when i sold it it kept going down. So I was like, oh, thank goodness. Oh, I bought so much. Yeah. So here's the thing. When, when, I, when I sold it, it kept going down. I was like, thank goodness. I sold what I did. I made like $500 or something like that when I sold all, all my crypto um, on top of what my original investment was. If I had kept it now, I would I would have had like $1,200. Yep. And it's just like, damn it. <laughs> it's, That's it's, why. It sucks. But like, here's the thing. So apparently, I'm looking I'm looking at the price here. Yeah. Okay. Here it is. Here it is. In, uh, Who's going on the Bitcoin tangents now? <laughs> I know he—he's the blockchain guy nowadays. <laughs> no, I'm—I'm—I'm I'm, I'm the person who looks up idiotic coins like Dogecoin. He's the Dogecoin guy. I'm All the right. Dogeman. Uh, yeah. So when Bitcoin dropped in oh in 2018, Doge uh, on Jan- in December, in January for some reason after the the Bitcoin drop, um oh no, no they, it dropped in 2019, didn't it? Yeah. Yeah, 2019. So this is a year before, uh, Dogecoin hit a peak of one cent, one penny. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Um, right, right now it's, it is worth right now. Dogecoin is worth, uh, three hundredths of a penny. So theoretically speaking, Dogecoin's ceiling is a penny, right? If you were to theoretically purchase a sizable amount at three hundredths of a penny, not even a sizable amount, you put $10 into this. How many how many doges do you get out of ten dollars at three uh, three thousand? It sounds like you're losing all your money, so just ignore all this. Three thousand <laughs> three thousand doge. Theoretically, I, I don't know. I'm bad at math. Three thousand doge. Uh, I thought you said you liked math. I I quick math. You know. Uh-huh. Uh. So three thousand doge. Uh. It hit a it hit a, uh, a, p- just, a one penny. Just, it hit no no. Are you looking at the bottom? Don't no, look at the bottom. No, the market cap hit. Almost two billion dollars for Dogecoin back wow. in January 18. So once again, oh yeah, don't look. People became millionaires off of Doge. No, they lost all their money. So unless if you got out to buy it, yeah. So here, here's here's the rule of thumb, and the, the people kind of pumped up the value, of it and then they sold it. So here's the thing: we can do pump and dumps us yeah. right now with <laughs> right. with Dogecoin. We will not do any of this stuff. We are not final financial advisors. We're not going to give you guys any money. Like literally, put like a disclaimer sheet just right know. here and just nonstop. Please just put it for everything. <laughs> just Luis is not any of these things. Um, yeah, please, please, please. But what, what I'll close it out once again. Learn learn the application of it because it has value, but you have to understand that value is not going to come immediately. If you're trying to get rich quick, not going to happen. Um, if you put in, put understand it and you are smart about your investments, it can wreak benefit potentially. But once again, learn the technology and I want you to focus on the technology aspect of it because digital currencies are going to be a thing of the future. So might as well understand it. I'm not going to let Luis go on any more tangents here. We're going to close out the show. Uh, but this was a good episode. Once again, having all, all three of us back together. Miss, miss this banter uh, and these conversations of uh, financial advisors. Um, so now let's, let's, yeah, let's kind of close. N- Nikhil is the person who talks about stocks. 
I talk about <laughs> just about Tesla, man. I just about Tesla. <laughs> I talk about crypto coins, uh, and then Val... we're completely unqualified. What do you mean unqualified? <laughs> I just talked to you about Dogecoin right now. Yeah, dude. I'm at, I actually just bought some while. Did, you were, thank yeah. you, thank you. I we have to. Buy I bought a, ten shares. Like you we have saying. to buy a lot. No, we have to buy a lot. Bring the value. I'll buy up. ten more. Bring the value. No, we're not talking. That's that's it's chump change, buddy. We have to buy a few. We have to get into the five figures. I think maybe even six figures. All right, that's uh, only like hundred dollars. Let's stop before Twitch just bans us as a as a show here. So, um, appreciate and everybody who uh, watched today's show. Hopefully, you guys learned something new about technology and the trends and and why you should care going into twenty twenty one in the future. Uh, but I'm just going to end it right here. Uh, thank you for tuning in. Definitely check out uh, all our socials. Uh, they're going to be thrown into the chat, I'm assuming, uh, as well as um, subscribe to our newsletter. Uh, we will officially be starting that, uh, hopefully, very, very soon when it comes to the newsletter newsletter list. And um, we'll make an announcement about the, I think Discord will say that for January, or you want to do a little, little yeah, spiel about I, it? I mean, we, we can do it now. I mean, I, I think some people are already, I know some people are already on it. Um, but I think officially we're going to launch it fairly soon. I think we want to get a few emotes in there and we want to get everything pretty flushed out with the channels and everything before we like really, really officially launch the Discord. Um, but it's coming soon. Uh, but one, one thing I, d- I did want to say, and this has nothing to do with us, but it has something to do with the guest that we had, uh, Kelly, Kelly Bader. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if you guys noticed, but I'm wearing a Slow Bloom sweater. Um, they're, they're on, I don't know if you guys saw, but they have a Kickstarter going up. Mm-hmm. And I think it's ending soon. Um I don't know about y'all, but I want really good coffee sooner rather than later. So if you can give something to their Kickstarter, uh, Slow Bloom Coffee, just Google and Kickstarter, just Google that and you'll find it. Um, support local uh, local roasters. Um, but yeah, the newsletter, switching back to us, the newsletter is, uh, is coming back, uh, is starting in a big way um, soon. And then uh, I think absolute latest is end, uh, beginning of the next year um, for the Discord to be officially launched. Uh, but it could be sooner than that. Uh, it could it could actually come to life during our. Uh, are we still planning the uh, virtual holiday? Uh, we'll have we'll have kind of a end of the show. So our, our last episode of 2020 will be on the 22nd, I believe, uh, if that's the official date. Wait, wait, oh no, the 19th, my bad. So uh, we'll, we'll have our last show on the 19th. Um, that'll be a recap show. We're gonna go through. Uh, pretty much all our all our shows and kind of recap and just talk about the change of the brew as well as free logic and we'll have a lot of insights and we'll probably have some guest appearances and stuff like that we're still playing that all out uh we'll have a show next week we'll still figure that out as well as as the virtual as we're talking about going all virtual um and then the 19th will be the last one for 2020 and then we're gonna hit uh the new year off running we're gonna have a lot of new content uh we might showcase some new shows um so definitely stay tuned there's a lot of exciting stuff in the store for the brew yeah um hundred fo- we're close to hundred followers. We're at seventy eight currently. At hundred followers, Nikhil shaves his beard. When we hit partner, I shave everything. I'm looking at the camera for this. If we hit partner in twenty twenty one, if we hit partner. You're Walter White? Yeah, I'm Walter White in it. And we'll do it we'll do it live. We'll do it like in the pre show. Um we'll I'll bring we'll we'll, in no here. one by Gerson. I'll yeah, come we'll, we'll invite, well, we see a clip. Yeah, we'll invite Gerson. Um, he will sh- like I'm not talking like just like a bean buzz cut. I'm talking like buzz cut and then like the razor and then with- like get the car wash. Like, yeah, get, yeah exactly. Shiny. Get the car wash. I'll do it if we hit partner before the end of 2021. It could be December 30th. I will be in this studio December 31st to uh, to shave my scalp, um, face everything. <laughs> you got um, a eyebrows too. 
I can't do that. Eyebrows you take said everything. No, you said everything. I, no, hold on. That's, that's Mr. Clean right hold there. Hold on. Hold on. <laughs> eyebrows take too long to grow. We all know this. I'll never grow them back. I have to like pencil them in like a, like my like my freaking sisters back in the nineties. You know, um, no, I everything but the eyebrows. All right, fair enough. Well, you guys heard it. Uh, we'll, we'll close up the show here. I, I enjoyed this. This was a lot of good banter. Um, but definitely stay tuned uh, for next week. We'll have announcements about that pretty soon. And then our last show, once again, is on the 19th. But thank you for tuning in. This has been a great show on The Brew. Thank you for tuning into The Brew. I hope you enjoyed this episode. And tell us what you thought about our conversation in the comments below. If you guys like our content, make sure to follow us on our various social media platforms and we will see you all next time.